It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Tampa Bay Lightning showed why they will not go quietly in the Stanley Cup Finals. If the Brooklyn Nets want to win a championship, they will do what it takes to keep Kyrie Irving despite the latest impasse. And the Los Angeles Chargers did what they need to do to win the AFC West this year. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. There's an old proverb that there are no desperate situations, just desperate people. Well, down 0 2 in the Stanley Cup finals, the Tampa Bay Lightning was full of desperate people, and they played like it in game three. Six different players. Scored six goals in a 6-2 Game 3 win to get this series back on track. Joining me now from Locked on Lightning, Adam Denker. And Adam, beyond that desperation that I mentioned, what changed for the Lightning in Game 3? Uh, their discipline. The, the first couple of games we saw in this game was just an undisciplined hockey team. Uh, we saw these struggles surface during the regular season, most notably in the month of April. And that resulted in... Uh, three-game losing streaks in back-to-back weeks, which is something the Lightning, up until that point in the season, didn't even lose back-to-back games yet. Uh, And it looked like that they got those demons out of their closet real quick after that, and then they resurfaced the last couple of games, most notably in Game 2, giving up seven goals and, and not being able to score any or get any offense going. And really, that's what it came down to in this game. Uh, alongside just, you know, starting off on a good foot, which, you know, the Lightning gave up the first goal. But other than that, I really thought they did a very good job of buckling down right after that, Uh, you know, not letting this game get away from them, not letting Colorado gain that momentum, which we saw them do so early in the first two games. And, And really that was what the deciding factor was, along with that discipline, just get in front of, you know, get in front of this Colorado team, you know, uh, uh, Dictate the way the game goes. Not Don't let the game dictate you. And we saw that from this team, and that's why they were as successful as they were. It was also a, a team that not just with the goal scoring, but they they vastly uh, outblocked uh, the, the Avalanche in this game. There was some really good defense being played aside from the early goal where they, where they went down. Uh, how are they going to be able to sustain that? Because if they want to beat the Avs, we know what that offense is capable of doing. They're going to have to make sure 
they they keep the defensive intensity up too. Well, Pete, they they know what they need to do at this point. They saw they saw it work during the Toronto series. They saw it work during the Florida series, and they saw it work when they were two down uh, in in the Rangers series. They know what they need, needs to be done. You know, this isn't a team who is still trying to figure out that winning formula. Uh, it's something that we have seen them do over the last two Cup runs, and, and which is why they're the two time defending Stanley Cup champions. So it, it's all a matter of going out there and replicating that same performance, and, and it's easier said than done i've spoke about it on my show many many times throughout this playoff run as well as throughout the regular season we know what they need to do this team knows what is expected of them on a nightly basis and if they could just go out there do what they're supposed to do win the battles between the battles the game within the game they should be fine going into game four Locked on Lightning has all of your Stanley Cup coverage as Tampa tries to climb back into this series. You can listen to Adam Denker every day, everywhere you get podcasts, including on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Kyrie Irving and the Nets are reportedly at an impasse on a new contract, which does not bode well for Brooklyn's championship hopes. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. A couple of games stand out on the MLB Tuesday night slate. This exceptionally young Pittsburgh Pirates team hosts the Chicago Cubs and are comfortable favorites. Bet Online has the Buckos minus 142 on the money line. Meanwhile, the Toronto Blue Jays are favorites on the road at Chicago for the White Sox. Bet Online likes the Jays minus 129 to win and the red hot New York Mets are in Texas to face the Houston Astros bet online likes the Astros minus 120 to win that game bet online where the game starts now here's what you need to be locked on today the U.S. government continues to fail Brittany Griner and this time they only needed to pick up a phone Brittany's wife, Sherelle Griner, said that the couple's fourth anniversary was this past Saturday. Despite having it on the schedule for two weeks, the Griners never got a chance to speak. The reasoning? No one was at the embassy office in Phoenix to pick up the phone. Brittany reportedly tried 11 times without answer. If I can't trust you to catch a Saturday call outside of business hours, how can I trust you to actually be negotiating on my wife's behalf to come home, she said. At this point, who can blame her? Dan Snyder continues to do nothing to quell speculation that he has something to hide in the House Oversight Committee's investigation into toxic workplace culture that's been alleged of the Washington commanders. He received a request to testify before Congress on June 22nd, but his lawyers declined, citing a longstanding business conflict that would take him out of the country. The committee attempted to accommodate Snyder by allowing him to testify remotely, but that was also declined. Despite having declined any and all invites to testify, Snyder's camp reiterated its commitment to fully cooperate with the committee. That would seem unlikely. Undoubtedly, the biggest reason the San Diego Padres are a half game behind the LA Dodgers for first place in the NL West, Manny Machado was out of the lineup Monday after having to be helped off the field on Sunday. Luckily, x-rays were negative of any structural damage to his left ankle after the Friars' third baseman slipped across first base, trying to leg out a grounder. He crumpled to the ground with his left leg awkwardly wedged beneath him. Early reports are Machado, who's playing like an MVP, may miss the injured list altogether. A team that's already missing its superstar in Fernando Tatis Jr. can hardly afford to lose its second best player, too. And speaking of stars, 
The Pittsburgh Pirates saw a day of awesome debut results and a dominating win over the Chicago Cubs. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? What's up, everybody? It's Ethan Smith of the Locked On Pirates podcast. O'Neill Cruz makes his 2022 MLB debut. Bly Madris makes his MLB debut. And the Young Bucks are running wild. I mean, wow. 12 to 1 over the Chicago Cubs at PNC Park tonight. Bly Madris and O'Neill Cruz combined for five hits and six RBIs. Bly Madris becomes the first Pirate since Jason Kendall to have three hits in his first MLB game. And, and things are going crazy. O'Neill Cruz had the fastest throw, the fastest hit, and the fastest sprint speed of any Pirate this year through the first four innings. Of course, JT Brubaker got lost in the fold a little bit, but he goes six scoreless, keeps bringing that ERA down, and the Pirates get a major win over the Chicago Cubs. O'Neill Cruz is finally here. Here is another story you need to know. The smooth sailing between Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets continue. Just kidding. According to Sham Sarania, the camps are at an impasse over a new contract, and that leaves Brooklyn at a bit of a crossroads here. Now I'm mixing metaphors. Hopefully we can get back on track with Adam Armbrecht from Locked On Nets. And, and Adam, when we think about the future of the Nets with or without Kyrie Irving, what is the best path por- forward for them? Oh, that's a loaded question, Peter. Um, what metaphors do I have in my back pocket? The, the, the best short-term path forward for the Brooklyn Nets, if you want to be a championship-caliber team, is re-signing Kyrie Irving. There's, there's very difficult, let's put it that way, mechanisms to improve this team and get talent back on the roster alongside Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons that in any way, shape, or form comes close to what the singular talent that Kyrie Irving is. So if you want to win titles and championships, re-signing Kyrie Irving is the answer. It's just a matter of, is this posturing by both sides or are they truly far apart from what they believe is a reasonable expectation on a new contract? So assuming that's true, if you're the Nets, why wouldn't you pay Kyrie Irving? In my heart of hearts, I wonder if Sean Marks, Josiah, and the Brooklyn Nets have done the thought process on, are we going to win a championship if we bring back Kyrie Irving with Kevin Durant and a potentially healthy Ben Simmons? Not going to tell you the public, but if they think, listen, the East is talented, Boston is younger, they're coming, right? Milwaukee's going to reload themselves. What version of this team are we? if we commit this money and we commit to this path going forward, that might be the thing that prevents them from committing the money. If they don't think that they can rely on Kyrie to be there over the life of Kevin Durant's contract, that's what gives them pause. The other piece is his track record since becoming a Brooklyn net. And even prior to that in Boston and Brooklyn feeling it's reasonable to say you should not automatically be rewarded with a max year, max contract. And Kyrie Irving is simply saying, my talent level dictates I'm a max contract. That's what I deserve. And by the way, has far-reaching ramifications if he doesn't demand that for other NBA superstars when their contract negotiations come up. It's really hard to say for sure where the Brooklyn Nets right now stand on this and how dug in they are willing to potentially become. We see this with other stars and other teams, uh, particularly in the NBA, where it's, all right, just get the deal done and we'll figure it out. If it needs to be traded in a year, two years, three years, 
that that can just seems like it has become just part of doing business in the NBA, which seems to be the the most likely outcome here. Ultimately, a deal gets done here. But at what point is the move to, let's say, sign and trade Kyrie Irving and figure out what what else is out there? Because part of this reporting that they're at this impasse is that the Lakers and the Knicks w- would have major interest uh, and and presumably would be willing to part ways with pieces to make that happen. Yeah, when you look in the case of the Lakers, you're thinking about desperate teams, teams that maybe have a even tighter window, like with LeBron James, right? So they're willing to do a lot. Problem in that scenario is that probably involves the Brooklyn Nets taking back Russell Westbrook on a player option of 47 million. It's not so viable, and they don't have a lot of other assets, draft or otherwise, to offer the Brooklyn Nets. Do the New York Knicks want to do it? Great. Are we talking Julius Randle and, and, and a slew of draft capital? There's a version where you can recreate this team around Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons and say, hey, we're still right there ready to compete. Those are very tricky processes to walk through. And I think the only thing in their favor when you hear these reports, you're not hearing any of the teams that are currently available to sign a player like Kyrie to a max contract outright. They're not getting listed. They're getting listed with one, a team close to home for him, and two, a team with LeBron in LA or a team like the Clippers, teams that can win championships. So if that were to come to pass, it looks like Kyrie is only saying, yeah, I'll opt in and you can sign me to an extension and send me somewhere that I can win, which means the Nets can stand to benefit. Interesting to see how it plays out. Again, no version of these packages is going to equal the talent that Kyrie is. The Brooklyn Nets would have to be going with the sum of our parts behind Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons can make us overall a better team in the short, uh, long term, I should say, and in the short term, at least satisfy, still being competitive and still trying to get something out of Kevin Durant's window at the back end of his career, one that is also not far behind LeBron James in terms of when it starts to close. You have to also think that any move involving Kyrie Irving would also signal some sort of confidence level that's pretty high that Ben Simmons can give them something for their future. That's an integral part of all of this as well. Adam, thank you. Follow along with the Kyrie Irving drama each day on Locked on Nets as Adam Armbrecht and co-host Doug Norrie will have you covered on every podcast platform, including YouTube. One live NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On. The entire NBA channel is going live on NBA Draft Night. So if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure you subscribe now to their Locked On YouTube channel so you get notified when they go live on NBA Draft Night. Coming up, in a loaded division, the LA Chargers have built the favorite to win it this offseason. The LA Chargers have had a busy offseason. They've added on offense... They've added on defense, and Justin Herbert looks poised for a huge season. The thing is, they play in the AFC West with some other teams that also added furiously to their rosters. So did the Chargers do enough? Locked on Chargers host David Trogemeyer joined Peacock and Williamson to look at the Bolts offseason. The arms race in the AFC West is just super fun. And now when you add everything else that all the other teams have done, nobody got worse, and everybody probably got better or at least stayed the same. So. The Chargers, they were on the outside looking in last year. Did they do enough to take that next step and maybe even go win the West? I'm going to say yes. I think every avenue of what they did wrong or what they struggled in last year has been added to 
uh, emphatically. You know, they, they couldn't stop the run. They bring in guys that can stop the run. They didn't get enough turnovers last year. They bring in a guy who had 17 interceptions the last <laughs> two years. They bring in a Khalil Mack, who is also one of the best strip sack artists in the NFL, pairing him with one of the other best strip sack artists in the NFL, Joey Bosa. So I think every aspect of the defense, and then the offense was already top five, and then you add another fantastic offensive lineman to that group. Uh, I think Justin Herbert is primed to break out this season, he has all of the, the supporting cast members that he needs. I think up and down the offensive roster, the defensive roster, there are stars uh, you know, at every single level. And I think you feel very confident that if this team is able to stay healthy, then they absolutely should contend and should honestly probably be one of the favorites to win the AFC West this season. Here is the problem with the Chargers hype. Yes, on paper, the roster is... Excellent. It's very talented. It was very talented last year. And the play on the field did not reflect the talent on the roster. I need to know why. Because you can't just keep adding talent when that was the problem last year. The team had talent. They didn't perform to the level of that talent. And that's with Justin Herbert being incredible with a group of skill position players who can make plays all across the field and defensive stars who are capable of taking over games. They added more talent. That's great. But I need to see it. I need to see them prove that they are more than just talent. This isn't Madden. It's not about your player ratings. This is about the product that you get on the field. I still have questions about the coaches, offensively in particular. What does that offense look like? Defensively, Brandon Staley was willing to give up on the run defense last year, and it cost them in the biggest game of their season when they couldn't get a stop on third down. They got run against by the Raiders who got into the playoffs because they got a win, and the Chargers couldn't, despite Justin Herbert's brilliance. So until they show me, this is a show me team, until they show me that they are contenders, I'm going to take that team with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and Super Bowl pedigree to beat them in that division. The Auburn Tigers had to face three opponents on Monday. History, the Stanford Cardinal, and a stomach bug. Never mind the Cardinal being the highest ranked team left in the College World Series. Stanford had never, in 17 previous trips, left Omaha without a win, going back to 1953. With as many as eight players fighting a stomach bug, including Cole Foster, who notched the go-ahead bases-clearing double in the sixth inning, Auburn sent Stanford home without a win. Tigers coach Butch Thompson confirmed the reports of a stomach bug and even said Foster had to get an IV after the game. My job is to help a group of players and coaches leave with no regrets, Thompson said after the game. The Tigers aren't leaving quite yet. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go make your second listen, the ultimate NBA mock draft. Locked On NBA brings you a mock draft unlike any other. Rafael Barlow from Locked On NBA Big Board is joined by every Locked On NBA host and some NBA insiders from around the Odyssey Network to deliver picks and analysis. Locked On does mock drafts better than anyone else. And the ultimate NBA mock draft is a perfect example. Coming up Wednesday, how are Oklahoma City Thunder fans feeling about the second pick in the NBA draft? 
So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.